what you see, and we're going to go around the table, and I'm going to have everybody give me a little example of what you're doing, because there's going to be a few days of downtime before you engage anything else. You all need long rests. The the people of the Ten Towns need a little more mundane help from their heroes, you know, in the immediate future, because there's too many people and not enough places for them to sleep warmly. Um, but what you observe is that a lot of the people who came to the aid of Bryn Shander and the refugees of the other nine towns have lingered and tried to offer what help they can, um... Avarice and her uh, black knights uh, have decided to take up a vigil, like a watch, around the town to keep invaders from coming. Uh, one of the major concerns is with so much uh, carrion on the field, so many dead bodies surrounding the Ten Towns, is that it might attract scavengers. Um, and even frozen, the beasts of the Ten Towns know how to find fresh meat. Mm-hmm. Um so they take up a, a watch outside of the city. Their t- their own tenants don't allow them to mingle with the common folk. But, you know, they're not they're complete bastards. They wait outside to make sure that nobody else is getting in, um, including invisible dwarves, uh, which is, you know, something that even though they've been defeated, everybody's still got that nightmare in the back of their mind. Um, the uh, Nerth and Captain Scath... Uh, and their Black Network Targos guards um, stick around to help supplement the guards of Bryn Shander, who are now overworked and with no rest in sight, so they're spelling them. And um, you even catch Nerith and Captain Scath themselves, like, sharing their share of the rations, the hot food, with the people who have been displaced, not just the Targos people, like, whoever... Captain Scath is standing a watch post and not just, you know, being, being a boss. Like, they're all doing it. And if, if approached about it, they will be quick to, to just to give you the not to get the wrong idea that what they do for the Black Network is based upon the trade that happens in Bryn Shander. So if there's no Bryn Shander, there's no point in them being here. So this is this is only benefits them. That's the only yep. reason they're doing it is because it benefits them. Um, but. They say that at the same time you catch Nerth sharing a hot bowl of stew with an orphan and Captain Scath trading war stories with Sheriff Markham while they braise a glass to their fallen allies. Yeah, Nerth uh, is not the speaker just because he's clever. He's yeah. actually good at it. And you get the sense that that regardless of the fact that he's making money off of these people and often at their, you know, t- to their detriment, he's patriotic in the same way that all of these people are the hard uh, individual people of the Ten Towns, the hardy frontier folk that band together during times of trouble, he's one of them. You know, he he has his own side, side shit going on, but when uh, a threat came, he stood with the rest of them. Yeah. Um, Your music, and, by the way, is either silent or very quiet. It's, it's very, very quiet. quiet. Um, you see a lot of, like, in That's every... Not very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Every tavern is is basically, like, every seat's taken. It's, it's packed shoulder to shoulder because everybody's trying to get in where it's warm and you know you, you catch a lot of the people the common folk you know fishwives and you know hunters and um candle makers that you know they they all are in between raising glasses to the people that they know that have fallen they're also sharing a smile with each other because hey we survived and a lot of people didn't and you know they all are quick to recognize you as the the heroes of the ten towns but everybody's got their story of oh there was a dwarf hiding in my basement and I clocked him over the head with my lantern or you know I I shot an arrow at the dragon and I'm pretty sure I hit it and everybody (laughs) cheers you know they all have their own stories some of it's grandstanding but it makes everybody feel better to hear it of course um, quietly when most of the town is asleep you will catch Valin who has made fast friends with Anon who is living in your um, mm-hmm. in your basement basically um, and she has uh, without being asked to put her magic to use and has um, raised a couple of zombies off to the side where nobody can see bound them up in winter clothing so they're unrecognizable and just has them going out in the night to start putting the corpses to rest so that there's no scavengers coming to find them, you know, pulling apart piles of rubble just in case there's anybody underneath, you know, that, that sort of thing, doing the menial labor that's too cold and too dangerous for living people to do. Um, she's, you know, she'll go out on a night and she'll go to East Haven or she'll go to Bremen and 
put her zombie crew to work, just, yeah. you know, sifting through the rubble, looking for people or trying to help out the best she can. If I can jump in real quick, that's mm. actually one of the things that I wanted to do. Well, yeah, it seems like a good time for it. Let's go around the table, starting at Ben counterclockwise, and just give me a little, <clears throat> little short story about what you do during this downtime after the dragon attack. There are a couple things that Koos has been very in tune with since the adventures began, and one of them is uh, he seems to have some sort of understood rapport with the owlbears that plague the area. And so in the evening hours when the owlbears are out to feed and mate, uh, Kuspalad will go out with Nyanthai, um, cast beast sense, and find owlbears and uh, kind of persuade them to take what they need and leave, mm -hmm. rather than going into the city for warm food. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. That's helpful. Um, Makati the body. <laughs> Couldn't escape. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I, I did that to myself. Um, yeah, I am not unfamiliar with death, being sort of like a shadow sorcerer and having that very, like, like on the veil kind mm. of vibe. It's thick in the air here, but... <laughs> oh, Lord. Keep going, you're good. But, you know, like, the, the pall of, like, the thinning of the veil is, like, very thick here, and Makati sort of, like, acknowledges that, and understanding that he's, like, a creepy... A pretty, like, you know, like, scaly-looking dude, just in the sort of background, offering what aid he can as well. Maybe not, like, with maybe with the zombies, I don't know, maybe not with the zombies, but offering aid where he can in this sort of celebration of standing atop the veil, with all of this celebration of life on one side and all of this horror on the other. Mm. All right. Uh, well, Zevian, I think we'll... Lean into what she does best and try to, you know, well, serve as the diplomat slash go between. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of disputes about what land has been destroyed, what's what's owed to people, for instance, from this whole thing. Uh, she'll try to. I'm putting it in very vague terms, but I think she's going to just try to be like a an ambassadorial property manager for people um, to try to help get their lives coordinated back on track. And I'm going to come back around to you because I have something specific in mind for what Zevelyn's doing, but um, if that's it, we'll move on to Sai. Um, Sai's doing one of, well, two things. Um, seeing the necromancer at least uh, raise zombies, he will assist with his four to help with um, hmm. you know, disposal of the dead. And then the second thing he's doing is he's uh, in the downtime... Uh, wanders off, uh, speaks with animals, and sends a, manager, a messenger uh, to the guild that he was off to go collect um, uh, for, <coughs> just to let them know that what happened and that, you know, to get guild, uh, I guess, permission to see if they still need the dues or if that funds can be spent for, like... Put rebuilding because yeah. <laughs> currently the like, dude's you know, coming. If, yeah. yeah. If the town's not there, do I need to collect? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guild's not getting any money from the places that are destroyed, right? So yeah. you got to reinvest yeah. it to make that That's money. pretty much well, yeah. Well, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah kind, kind of the same thing as Nareth. Like if there's no towns, there's no money to be made. So it's in everybody's best interest to protect what's left. Yep. All right. Uh, you will be awaiting a response from them. Uh, and Una. Uh, Una is. Uh, at first, it starts with the refugees from Goodmead, and it sort of gets larger and larger from there. But she uh, begins focusing on like reuniting families, uh, particularly with Goodmead, because she knows most of these people. So she can tell, you know, she can look at a family group and be like, okay, this person's missing, this person's missing, this person's missing. So she's just going from like tavern to tavern, anywhere there might be people, and like trying to match everyone up with people who have been lost. Gotcha. Um, Zevlin, I, I told you I was going to come back around to you. One of the things that your diplomatic skills are able to um, do to benefit the town is that a day or two on after the dragon's been destroyed, uh, dwarves from the valley under Kelvin's Cairn um, come to offer their aid. Uh, to the humans, they did not. They weren't aware of the dragon attack at the time being underground, mm -hmm. so they only heard about it after the fact. But now that now that they know about it, they're here to render what aid they can. Um, and through their discussions with everybody, with you and um, 
with the speakers and all, and they, and all that. They learn about um, Sunblight Citadel, where where Zardarak had set up his forge and built the dragon. And yep. um, being that that is a warm, defensible place that doesn't currently have an occupant, they are offering to bring refugees who are displaced without a place to live across the tundra to Sunblight Citadel, so they can set up a semi-permanent housing situation there where it's warm. Um, but being that uh, reasonable. Being that you conquered it, it is technically yours to dictate what happens to it. Um, so, you know, being diplomatic, I'm sure you can work out something with the dwarves. But that's that's what you spend a lot of time doing is who yep. goes where. And, you know, it's it's tough because you're a diplomat, a drow diplomat dealing with surface dwarves. There's, you know, obviously sure. some racial entity there. There is tension, no doubt. Uh I think they well, no realizing that I think Zev would understand would would sort of at least appear to defer to the dwarves as mm-hmm. a familiar, still foreign but still but but also familiar face for these people to to trust that sort of plan. The logistics, she'll even say, that's much more of a, a dwarven strength uh, than hers anyway. Uh, so she will help facilitate that. Uh, what she would specialize in would be, of course, the distribution of political power amongst leaders of the Ten Towns mm. and exact, and probably helping out, assuming we have some sort of blueprint of the place, mm-hmm. or at least an idea of it, uh, it would be important to have every, uh, every former Ten Town to have their, their, their cultural, cultural aspects preserved, uh, and they probably want to stick with their own people, so uh, creating space for people to, um, to rebuild, at least on a microcosm level within the fortress, could prove helpful. And from there, they can start coordinating uh, the logistics that I mentioned, like building supplies to get their stuff back, reestablishment of defenses, all that. Yeah. <clears throat> that fortress also has access to the Underdark, which might be relevant to your interests as well. That's true. <coughs> Though I'm not sure how, I would, how I'd use it uh, at this present time. Yeah, at the present time, maybe not, but you had started out in like level one and two wanting to establish trade between the Underdark, and the surface world. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have a whole shitload of people that are living right on top of a rift into the Underdark. That's true. So, uh, assuming, well, with Menzo Baron's End being destroyed, I don't really know how much uh, my house of Fey Branch really has to uh, spare for, mm. like, resources on the surface. Well, I, I, I may just be kind of a dead end for <clears throat> I will tell you where, uh, as far as banding about political power goes, where it stands is... They have decided that, you know, some of these towns were more destroyed than others. And some of them, the refugees don't want to go back and rebuild. Others, it's going to be a project for after the long night is over, they've been saying. Um, So among the people banding about for whatever power they can grab um, is... um, Oris Mastu, the town speaker for Tourmaline. That's where the gem mine was. Um... And his town is one of those towns that, you know, we, we have no hope of rebuilding until after the winter is over. Um, the, the damage there they saw before they evacuated was just insurmountable. Um, the other is uh, Avarice and her Black Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, she is seeing the handwriting on the wall that the other speakers are more falling in line with Valin's camp because she is the... Um, the one associated with the heroes of the Ten Towns, and she, you know, she knows that this little uh, exercise in goodwill that she's putting out right now is only going to get her so long. So, she is also trying to throw whatever weight she has politically behind the idea of her and her Black Knights going to take the fortress, the Sunblight Citadel, um, mm-hmm. and pre- in, under the auspices of we are better equipped to protect the people there. I think, uh, well, that does relate to. Another avenue that Zev can suggest to the people of the Ten Towns of it may be a while. We don't even know when the winter is going to end, if it's going to end. Uh, at the very least, you have a place that's more southerly, that it's very defensible because of the mountains. And you know what? You could say you just, you just found your own new city there around the Citadel. You could just build around there. So whose political it's, camp are you throwing your your weight behind? Uh, 
I don't trust Avarice. I don't know her, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna have to go with the, the people here uh, okay. because this is more conducive to Zeb's diplomatic mission anyway, and as well as, as, well as her ideology. All right, then uh, that's gonna be a persuasion roll, and I will allow somebody to help Zev. It's not gonna be me. Whoever's. Oh, I could. I got plus three on that now that I'm a charisma character. Oh, there you I go. I appreciate that. I'm yeah. yeah. You stand there and look creepy. <laughs> She's like, mm. Well, I mean, you're 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 doing end of life celebrations, which you know, even though you're doing it in a creepy way, I mean, these are creepy people. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those fucking. They were creepy people. They're dead. Or... <laughs> well, no, it, it's it's more of like a you know there was such a significant amount of death. We need to restore balance to the life side. Like it's all of a yeah. balance. Mm, of That's Makati's whole thing. It's all balance, life and death. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, there you go. And I, I suppose the argument that Zeph would present is, the appeal of this would be that she would be an independent acting nation, effectively. Mm. And you would not be beholden to the interests of anything but your own. And as you've shared a, a, a whole heritage, collectively, of interests of the ten, of what was known as the Ten Towns. Give so me a roll. You may trust yourselves m- much more than... But where was it Avarice from? Lusk? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's from the Arcane Brotherhood, so she's, yeah, from Alaska, yeah. Right. So you, so in this instance, you may dictate the terms to foreign interests rather than have them doing the same for you. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so that's an 18 <coughs> with the advantage. Oh, yeah. 18 on the run die before. Oh, yeah. So yeah. 27. 27. Oh, yeah, plenty. Yeah. Um, so Oris <laughs> Maskew has the political pull with your, uh, with your assistance, and he will be taking over Sunblight Citadel, and Avarice will probably retreat back to uh, Kirkonic for now. Mm-hmm. Um, once that is all completed, and you've spent a couple of days getting your long rest, if you haven't recorded it already, and, and helping the people out here, uh, you're approached by Valin. Um, and she, you know, she wants to sit down with you in your home, someplace private, and discuss strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she'll come to you and say, well, before the dragon attack dominated our uh, our present mind, um, we were discussing the possibility of trying to recover my uh, professor orb so that I can continue my work into the uh, Netherese Empire Um uh, because I want to learn more about their ability to control weather. I think it could mean the end of this eternal winter, uh, which is the root of all these people's problems. The Durgar and their dragon construct won't be the last evil that the people of the Ten Towns have to face if the sun doesn't rise on Icewind Dale again. Um, Myself and the other wizards of the Arcane Brotherhood came here in order to research this... Netherese Empire, their flying cities and their magical artifacts, and then shortly upon us, our arrival, our competitive nature took over and we went our separate ways. Um, I have an idea of where my apprentice, Nas Lantimere, was when she found herself in Icewind Dale, though uh, I would not set out across the tundra without a specific heading. Um, I've been in contact with Nerth, Max Ildenar who, if you didn't know, maintains a uh, small hatchery of flying snakes, and he's offered to uh, use them in order to help me scout the area and find a good heading. Uh, While we're waiting for his intel, uh, I believe you received some information about one of my former colleagues, Dazan? Dazan, yes. Mm. What can you tell me about what he was doing? Dazan was sent to go retrieve some type of writings or research for his master... Um, who apparently went mad and killed other hirelings. I'm going to correct you. That was Dazan that did that. That was Dazan that did that. Who's yeah. the one that we met in the, the first adventure? Uh, I forget his name, but he was a, an apprentice. Oh, I yeah. thought he was Dazan. No, that was Dazan's <clears throat> apprentice. Okay. Yeah. So Dazan is, the, is the murderer? Dazan is the murderer. You also yeah. saw him get burned at the same time. The game of the yeah. Z. Yeah. 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 All right, well, in that case, Redcom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, what we heard was that Dazan went mad and murdered his own hirelings after they were investigating a ruined site. We thought we'd take a look ourselves to make sure that there's no more imminent danger as these poor people are trying to return to rebuild their homes. Dazan was always a uh, dedicated researcher. I'm sure whatever information he found that caused him to hire people to go check out ruins was probably founded in some sort of fact. Um, Do you have a location? We do. What would you need? 
Uh, we already have a sled dog team. We already have a sled. One sled's enough for our party. Um, food and resources I think we have as well. Mm-hmm. Do we really need anything else? There's likely arcane magic at work here. That might affect our minds. We could use any protection you can provide against that. Hmm. What could she provide against that? I take it that Dazan was not the murdering type before this happened. Dazan is a uh, reformed, and I use that term lightly, Red Wizard of Thay. Murder is Mm. quite within his skill set. Indiscriminate murder, though? We couldn't discern any reason for him to have killed the hirelings. No, uh, he would not have killed, especially in such a public manner as you described, unless he had either reason or lack thereof. Well played. <laughs> Thanks, I came up with that myself. It's, that was actually she really says. slick as balls. <laughs> I say. <laughs> no, not really. And Angela Lansbury comments on how you just like slick balls. Um, <laughs> My entire swipe's right. This hoof. <laughs> uh, takes him right off. Ah! She does not have any spells that would protect you from being. It, yeah. Yeah, it's just not a lot out there. Yeah. Especially not that. It, there's one that's really high level that I don't think she'd want. Like mind blank. Yeah. 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 Okay, let me cast my eighth level spell. Yeah. Um, that's fine. It's. I figure it would be in character to ask, and yeah. hey, you never know. Yep. No, uh, her suggestion is I, I, don't, I have no material goods or associates I can offer you in that that instance. Uh, however, I encourage you, if uh, you feel the madness creeping over, then to abandon your quest before it puts you into the same, <laughs> the same position as Dazan. Um, I think back to when we fought those at that trial for the, for the Ice Giant, we may need something to detect something that is unseeable to the naked eye. Invisible things, if you will. We can't always rely on you being there, Kuspalad. I can. I rely on the evidence. I mean, if he dies, then that's a different problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different obstacle to overcome, right, guys? It is better if a resource like that is available to everybody. That way we have eyes everywhere. On our hands, on our feet, <laughs> in our belly button. Antennae, whatever you may have. Have a nine-nine. She might be able to help Scales you with this. And watching me nine-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry I did it. Um, <laughs> let me see. And while he's looking that up, I would say, uh, I think back to the time that we were performing the uh, investigation in our basement, and the sounds that the creatures were making were causing us intense discomfort. Maybe just stick some cloth in your ears. Of course. Because right. like the sirens. So she has no ability to grant you true sight, which I think is what you're fishing for. Or see invisibility. Yeah. Which is um, a lower level spell. Yeah. Um, Possibly in scroll form. What she could do, and this would be um, this would be a big one. It's not going to help you with that, but it might help you in something else. And she's willing to offer it to you as payment for going on this errand. Uh, a scroll of arcane eye. Oh, that's huge. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, it's a giant eye? It's an invisible eye that you You create an invisible magical eye within range that hovers in the air for the duration. You mentally receive visual information from the eye, which has normal vision and dark vision out to 30 feet. The eye can look in every direction. As an action, you can move the eye up to 30 feet in any direction. There is no limit to how far away you can move. the eye can move, but it can't enter another plane of existence. A solid barrier blocks the eye's movement, but the eye can pass through an opening as small as one inch in diameter. Concentration up to an hour. And I think either of our spellcasters here would have to cast a... Yeah, we can figure it out. Right. You just so, scroll and go, Yee. Were you about to say something, Kaylee? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I was gesturing to Ben because we needed a bottle opener. Gotcha. Oh. Um, Please. Help this woman open her beer. I I suppose, well, it's not really a beer, so I feel kind of guilty doing this. But. It's a juicy peach. Thank uh, you, my love. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, you might I want mean, to use the other one. That one kind of sucks. Um... <laughs> She was her wife before you. The Adam and Eve bottle cap opener that I got 700 years ago from my friend Emily. <laughs> oh, no wonder it's so short. Yeah. So she'll offer you this scroll as sort of payment to uh, to go, um, in addition as assistance if you need it while you're there. That's big. Um, 
And this is, um, we're going into another, uh, allegedly netherese thing. Yes, this is, it, it, in Dazan's notes that you were granted uh, as part of his estate, the, the belongings that were on him when he was uh, seized, mm-hmm. um, were a bunch of his notes, his spell book, which I also gave you all the spells for, uh, which I think you gave to Valen. Um, Sounds right. And, and yeah. all of his uh, research on this location, which the way, he... As the way to mend fences. Yeah. Actually, we gave the uh, the spell book that Sai had looted from the dead guy. Oh, Meltharon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is a very much more valuable, valuable book. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that's a 10,000 gold spell book easily. Yeah. Um, but uh, you were able to get the location of what Dazan had titled in his notes, The Lost Spire of Netheril. Uh, it is sort of due east of Kerkonig northeast of East Haven. You have to pick one or the other because you have to go around Lake Denisher to get there. Okay. Yeah, so probably through East Haven because we know it was attacked, but we don't know what state it was in, and there might still be refugees there. And there are um, plenty of people from East Haven who, given the lack of living situation in Brinchander, who are eager to go home and see what they can do about fixing up their their city. Sure. Um, so, you know, they'd be happy to travel with the heroes of the Ten Towns. Um, which is what they call you now, regardless of the fact that Ten Towns no longer stand. Right. Um, that the region is Ten Towns, you're the heroes of Ten Towns. Alright, so I've got one question and one more suggestion then. Yes. So the question would be, uh, in my readings of Netherese stuff, mm. studying the language and everything mm-hmm. that I've done here, uh, did I get any, any read on a specific theme of magic that they used? Or... Uh, anything of the sort that might point us to potential dangers? Uh, the Netherese Empire uh, were a, a mighty mageocracy that studied all schools of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, nothing specific. Um, In my experience with, this, with the mages of Sorcerer, they like to make other things do things for them. Uh, I, I, t- I kind of glance at Valen, like kind of alluding to her undead companions. Mm. This is not meant as an insult, of course. It is simply a theme. We should have something to contend with animated or summoned guardians. Or at least be aware of them. As to what this is, I have not the foggiest, unfortunately. My other suggestion would that if this place is very old and in disrepair, we will need ample supplies to prevent falls, to climb up walls, and, yes, I know you have your goat, Fuspalad. <laughs> Walls, falls, and balls. And whatever other safety measures might be involved in such a thing. I just kind of, like, tug the strap on my backpack. Mm. I guess that is... Um, if, <laughs> yeah, all I do. Everyone should have it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should have a Fuspalad. <laughs> uh, everyone is granted 50 feet of rope, um, pitons and climbing supplies, and uh, snowshoes if you didn't already have them. Sweet. Um... That's on Valin's tab, who is no shortage of coin, it appears, and spreads it around for There's also you. There's potions of climbing out there, which we, if, if available, we can get. I know they're out there somewhere. I can also cast Spider Climb. Yep. I also just climb. My, my goal is uh, not to diminish anybody's individual abilities, but to make sure that we have a good spread of, these, of versatility amongst the group. Mm. I trust this group to spread. They'll spread it all right. And, Z- and Zev will even say, because if whatever happened to this, this mage that we're talking about here, obviously put him aside, put him apart from his hirelings. If any of us were to be put apart from one another, or to, goodness forbid, turn against each other, we should at least be ready, any one of us should be ready to make a handy escape. Um, Makati. You immediately turn on us. So, you, um... <laughs> so maybe, maybe some, like, expeditious retreats or something mm-hmm. like yep. that. Um, you were not with the group when they encountered Dazan and East Haven being burned at the stake, so no. some of this is new I'm information like... to you. <laughs> just happy to be here. However, the... Happy to be here, ready to work. <laughs> your draconic ears perk up when you hear the name of the Lost Spire of Netherrealm. Your holes. Um, yeah. Your, yeah, sorry. Your draconic holes. Your, your draconic whispering eye opens. Your spire is um, It's winking. The the lost spire of Netheril is one of the places Mother has sent you to look for the black ice. Oh, no. Yes. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, we have a lead. There's black ice there. That's probably why people are crazy. <laughs> um, Do you point this out? Uh, there is black ice. There, there is like 
She sent me there because there was black ice there, right? Not because, mm-hmm. like, there was a suspicion of it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, so, fun fact, I have done a little field expedition to this uh, aforementioned spire, and there was really? quite a significant amount of... Well, I'm going to wreck on you. You haven't been there personally. Oh, I haven't. No, you just received information from Mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, there's um some black ice there, we think. Do you think that may have potentially altered the mental state of Dazlan? Considering the state that Zardarok's son Blight was in, I would say there is no doubt. Is there any way to protect against the influence of the black ice? Don't touch it. Physical Don't contact does seem to be a huge part of it. Check. What if we cannot avoid contact with it? Kaylee. Gloves. Uh, also, slightly... I'm sorry, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, mm-hmm. The dragon was made of Charlin, right? Yes. Like, bury it or something? We gotta figure out what to do with that um, toxic waste at some point. This is sort of separate, but, like, Una will be like, oh. Uh, (laughs) So there is a Sunblight Citadel Forge that has a whole bunch of molten metal. If we could dump it in, like, Terminator 2. The dwarves would probably, if they'd have to transport it. Yeah, we gotta transport it there. And frankly, I would trust them at hauling heavy metal materials like that. And diggy diggy hole. Yeah. (laughs) They are the dwarves. Yes. Dwarves are excellent at hole. Oh. Pounding. <laughs> Pounding hole, yeah. Posting. <laughs> Pounding bearded holes. Um, but they could drop it right in through, like, where the, the dragon went straight up and out as a and weapon. Like, so you could just drop it from the top and watch it fall, like, to it feet into the lava. And then it just splatters on all the <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be playing that song at an event later this year, too. Diggy diggy hole nest. Yeah. Um, the dwarves would be happy to haul it out, and if you give them the lowdown on it, um, and the, you know, what happens if you handle it too much directly, they will, they'll bring up all their heavy forge gear, like their, you know, asbestos line gloves and shit so that so they don't have to touch it directly. Fantasy has my gear. Yeah. Charlotte bad, asbestos good. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if anybody was going to do it, it'd be dwarves, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Lead line vests and stuff. Breakfast. Yeah. And they're, they're haggis mad suits. Yep. They, yeah. They, uh, they'll start to work on, like, a uh, toxic waste decontamination yeah. process. It's asbestos, and... not asbestos. <laughs> Damn it! I hate that that made me laugh. So that that'll be they'll, they'll be pulling double duty then, uh, duty. Um, and be hauling away that that chartal and the dangerous remains of the dragon to the forge just to melt it down into ingots, probably, and stack it up in a closet and forget about it for a thousand years. Sure. Um, that's a campaign for a couple of years, Delaware. Yeah, that's Icewind Dale too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, when it becomes Cyber Icewind Dale. Icewind Fail. Icewind Dale 2. Oh no, we forgot to lock the doors. <laughs> um, so they will take care of that. Um, Sai, anything for you before you depart? Nah, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> we know, but are you doing anything? No, just pooping. We're all very cool. It's Icewind Dale. Yeah. Give him some coffee. Okay? This whole meeting, he's just been slowly pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking coffee and pooping. That would be a very goblin move to do. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need to wrap this up. I'm almost done pooping. I'm <laughs> like, what's that smell? Uh, <laughs> cooked people, by the way. So, last thing before we move on from me, before I stop hogging the spotlight, mm-hmm. uh, do we have a reliable means beyond just gloves to avoid contact with Chardonnay? <laughs> Chardonnay who? Well, uh, depending on are the... are going like full Chernobyl? If we're hauling it out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, animal skins, ropes, tie it off, tow it behind the sled. Well, and, and the other and thing that you... into the tower... Uh, going to the tower? No. I was going to say, for the chunks, you actually have a very reliable means of moving it. You can levitate. Yeah. Yes. Um, if the tower is made of it, then we've got a bigger problem. Um, then and, we just got to guess. And, you, know, get and you don't know if it's it's made entirely of it or if there's some there. Like, you're not sure on the specifics. All you know is she gave you a, a couple of places to check out. This was a name that you yeah. remember being. If it's entirely made of Charlotte, the dwarves already took it. <laughs> Could be. And I did not go out there because it is... Shitty. Far and cold and around here is not that. It's still very helpful (laughs) intel, so thank you. So are you going to go through Kirkonig or you said East Haven? East Haven, yeah. East Haven, that's a safer route anyway. It takes us out of the the scope of Avarice and her uh, It does, yeah. And it's a straight shot down the east way, which is a heated, cleared road. So uh, travel is easy. Um, Una, did you... um, have anything to say on that thing? I just want to clarify: Is it yes. direct, like skin to skin contact with Charlotte yes. that fucks you up? Or okay. you could put it in your mouth. 
Tattoo or it anywhere else. Yeah. Or you, ta- you tattoo it in your body, which Zardarok did, and it made him go crazy pants. He was fine. It's super okay. good and cool for you. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like mercury or lead, where you have to like ingest it or like get yeah. it into your bloodstream yeah. in some kind of way. It needs to be direct contact. If you wear a barrier device, you're probably okay. All right, so we'll just have to no start to wrap up. Though. Yeah. Cold weather clothes will probably Cold be sufficient. Cold weather clothes, right. uh, you know, everyone probably, just in case it's a asbestos-like material, like, have, yeah. like... all the same shit you're wearing anyway because it's cold out. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you for clarifying that. Mm. Um, so the journey from Bryn Shander to East Haven is largely uneventful. Um, there's a lot of trepidation on your fellow, the part of your fellow travelers because they're not sure what they're going to find when they get to East Haven. And, sure. Uh, you know, upon seeing the the town, it's it's about as bad as anyone was expecting. The large portions of the wall that kept them safe have been demolished. Many buildings are destroyed and destroyed with the dragon's radiant breath weapon. So, like very straight laser beam like you know paths of destruction carved through towns, which means that there was a lot of burning, which is good. But you know, your your house is either completely destroyed or it was untouched, and it's a lot of neighbors going, "Oh shit, my house was okay." But it's like when a tornado touches down, my house is fine. My neighbor's house is a pile of rubble. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of uh, you know you, you can't really tell how bad the damage is at first blush, and you know people rush in and start to try and figure out what's what and look for survivors and, and do their thing. And you were given one last chance to. Um, to say goodbye to the, the people of East Haven before you set out across the shores of Lake Dinisher and northeast to the Lost Spire of Netherrealm, um, which is a fairly long travel. Um, not, you know, super long, but it's going to be at least a day out from East Haven and a day back. You're looking at least one night's camp between here and there. Right. Um, so what I would like is uh, a group survival check. And Koos, well, since you are a survival guru, if anybody fails on their role, you can offer one assist. Cool. Oh, and um, Zev can mastermind. Mastermind, assist. yes, I can. I'll give advantage to somebody. Non natural twenty. Twenty seven. Nice. I'm a lizard. I know nature. <laughs> Lizards famously good in the cold weather. Yeah. I got thirteen. Thirteen. I also got thirteen. Okay. And Sai. Oh, I got a ten. <laughs> right. You're gonna get the Cuspalad special, and do think maybe mastermind her? Sure. Okay, so you two roll again. That's I got a fourteen. Oh, <laughs> I did oh. slightly better. Unless right. you're taking that thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So as you travel northeast from East Haven, um, you encounter the things you expect to encounter: cold shit weather, you know, snow squalls in the middle of the night, but no blizzards. You avoid the blizzards. Um, It's not mountainous here, so you avoid avalanches, which is all good things. No sinkholes. Um, The only odd thing you do encounter is um, there is a time when you're concerned about um, beasts, scavengers. You you did your communing with the owlbears and for how, however your gift works, you seemed like you were able to get through to them, but winter wolves and packs of mundane wolves are still a problem out here, and uh, you feel like at, at some point, you know, and Nyantai will even sort of, with his bestial instinct, sort of uh, reassure you on this, that there's there's wild animals about. You're, you're avoiding staying downwind of them, or upwind of them, so you think you're okay, but... Um, Throughout the day, you're keeping you know one eye on your back because you have this strange sensation that you're just you're being either hunted or you're just narrowly avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you approach where you think the lost spire is, um, you can see in the the purpley greenish aura uh, aura that's out. Um, you can see where it should be. There's a small hill there, but you don't see any tower. Um, and I would like, uh, we'll, we'll call it perception rolls from everybody to see if you could figure out where you're going. Active or passive? Uh, I'm going to say active. You're actively looking for something. Okay. I'll turn on the second magic too. Okay. Cold don't make oh, the eyes work good. Mm. I crit, so that's 20. You crit, okay. Um, anybody else? Can I mean 22, 20? sorry. 22? Anybody else? 21. 21? All right. So... Sai and Zev, um, as you start to get closer to this location that you expect to find something, uh, you notice a lack of a tower. You're expecting to see, like, a, a tower, a wizard's tower, a parapet, something to denote the location where you're going, but all you see is this 
sort of subtle hill. Um, and as you get closer, your dark vision can start to pick up that built into the side of this hill is a, a door not unlike you would expect to see in like a bunker. Um, it's like a heavily fortified sort of a five, six foot high door built into the side of this small hill of snow, but no tower attached to it. Just a door that seems to jut out from the side of this hill. And I'm sorry, is the door, is it like a hatch door or is it straight up or ver- ver- uh, vertical? It is vertical. Uh, it appears that it would open either in or out, not up or down. Okay. Um, and it's uh, built with large stone blocks making up the door frame. So very kind of thick and blocky does, construction. Does it look like we're looking at an upper portion of the tower and the whole thing's just buried in snow? You're unsure. So like a World War II bunker that hobbits built. Yes, that is actually a very apt description. Um, it is also black in color, and you are getting the background radiation that you're familiar from getting with Chartolin, but not so much that you expect this whole thing is made of Chartolin, just that there might be some used in the construction. And right. detect magic picking up anything? Yeah, that. just that. That's that's really all you're getting. All right. Well, I'll point this out to people. Hmm. Well, it's not quite the tower we anticipated, but it's, it's a start. It could delve very deep. Maybe. Is there a chance that the tower is in a cavern underground? Quite likely. Like it? Who never? Nobody ever said it was up up here. I know towers traditionally, based on what I know, are above the ground like this. But well, I have seen cold. some strange things here. Could be normal. And yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the wizard who built it was just confused about what six inches meant. Right. Six <laughs> inches reverse. Well, this is Stonehenge all over again. Also, when you get a tall structure, when it's cold and windy, it's really shitty and cold and windy at the top of the structure. So, so the subterranean tower makes sense. Oh, like the Western Air Temple. Mm. Like where it's like these all, it's like pagodas, but upside down. I'll just inspect the door, I guess, and see if there's any traps. While you're doing that, I want to check the area around the door, because we know that the apprentices came and went, and I'm looking for any indication that they, like... Sprung a trap or got into a fight or okay. Um, bless, bless you. Um, oh, all right, so that sounds like it's going to be a. What are you looking for? Perception? Uh, survival. I'll do, survival. Invest- I'll do investigation. All right, survival and investigation. Give me that. May I do an arcana check while we're at it? You absolutely can. 18. 18. I crit. It's 29. 29. 18. Is anybody trained in 18? All right, is anybody trained in history? Yes. Uh, you already made a roll. Um, <laughs> Damn it! The one blah, time. Blah. Um, My passive history is 19. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as passive history, and I won't allow it. Um, All history is passive. It's already done. It happened. Yes. <laughs> well, also, there's passive uh, perception, which is like... It's only so that you don't have to roll, so the DM doesn't tell you that there's traps by telling you to roll. It's a time saver. So here's what I'm going to do. is There are no traps. You do find a door. Um, is locked? The door is not locked. As a matter of fact, it looks like somebody tried to close it and, like, latch it shut. But uh, because of the buildup of blowing snow, it's, you know, have you ever tried to shut a door in the snow and the snow gets jammed up in the, the yeah. door jam and you can't close it all the way? That's sort of what happened. Okay. Um, you similarly find um, tracks in the snow. However, Dazan and his party were so long ago that their tracks are completely obliterated. There's no hope of finding them at this point. What you do find is um, what look like animal tracks. And I'll allow you to make a secondary nature roll to determine the the actual beast in them. That's terrible. All right. Um, these look like they could be... You've been concerned about wolves this whole time. These look like they could be some kind of canine tracks. They're, you know, four big toes with claws. Um Four feet or two feet? You're asking the right question. However, your nature roll does not support that kind of bullshit. Fuck! <laughs> I, I don't know. Dragon, do dragons smell good? I don't know. Uh, I, they smell, smell all right if they wear deodorant. Like, I, like, is that like, a, could I sniff for animals? Not with your nose. That, you like, have to do the tongue thing. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Makati licks the air. Um, like, like some kind of fucking weird owl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are there any other creatures around, like birds or like small animals, anything like that? Uh, in the immediate vicinity of the tower? Uh, not that you were picking up. However, it's pitch black out here and very cold. So um, 
the area you're in is just sort of blank white tundra. There's not a lot of trees for birds or burrows for, for you know, small varmint animals like, you know, weasels and shit that you'd expect to find in the Ten Towns. Okay. Um, so, no, no, no animals, really. Um, the door is untrapped. You find no traps there. Okay. Um, and with a quick cursory glance at how it operates and the fact that it can't shut all the way due to the snow that's built up inside the door jam, you see that on the other side of the door is a ramp that leads down underground. A steep ramp or one that could be reasonably be walked? Uh, it can. It is going to be a difficult walk. It is frozen over, slippery, and yeah. not only that, but it is not flat on the bottom. It is curved on the bottom. It's a slide! I jump on my, on my shield. Okay. <laughs> no, hold on. Wait, I'm, I'm going to point this out to everybody first. Uh, so, uh, well, first I'll wait for everybody to come back. Zev, personally, come on. Look, <laughs> move! I'm almost done investigating Psy, calm down. Don't move, move! Are you feeling suicidal? No! This is fun! That's where Psy comes it's from. In, it's in his name. Goblins. So Suicidal. <laughs> and Koos, how are you doing? Has she she says eager to get get away from size uh, new um, desire I'll, I'll, to die. <laughs> I will approach and say we should be quiet. There are many wolf tracks that come and go, and it looks like they're going in and out the door, right? They are more like what you consider to be like sniffing around. Mm-hmm. They don't go. They don't necessarily go inside the door, but they sort of go around. Like you can't see the whole obviously the whole hillside, but it looks like they're like going around and just checking out the area. They're, and they're fresh enough that like you can yeah, catch them in the, in the last day or so. Yeah. Well, then we should get inside soon. And we should keep it down. Yes. As much as we can over this wind. There is... The door is ajar. It's clearly there is a, there is a ramp. I would dare say some sort of... A slide. Fun slide. A ramp. And Sai is very eager to go inside. I think he was peering over my shoulder as I was checking for traps. So... I don't think that's a good idea, as we may slide to our deaths. <laughs> Nine high. To a un- completely unware- un- unexplored area. We do have that scroll, I must remind you, but we must decide where and when to use it, because it's a valuable resource. How long does it last? It's, a, what, it, it's an hour, correct? If it's an hour, then that's a lot of time. Uh, if it's like 60 seconds, we got to be careful, but if it's an hour, I'd say we just fire it up and go. And like then just I, take it with us. like it's an hour uh, of concentration. B- 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 concentration up to an hour. Yes. Fire it up and then load so the map onto the screen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Huh? But it's un- it's untenable for us to stay outside where wolves may ambush us at any moment. Yeah, so there's a landing at the top, right? And then there's a slope down? Uh, I mean, you're kind of standing at the landing. Standing at the landing, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it slopes down. And- so everybody in, we close the door behind us. Okay. But, yeah. well, as no. much as we can. No, oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. If, 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 no, well, once you cross the threshold, you're sliding. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we need to wait to, uh, to stabilize ourselves, or at least to figure out what... A way to traverse down slowly without sliding on the ice. Diantai, uh, myself, and Una are fine, so it's really just the three of you that need to use rope, and we can assist you. Imagine using rope. Oh, yeah, God I've got misty steps, so if I get close to the bottom, I just poof. If only. You could put Sai on Diantai. 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 Because that's a great combination. Diantai. And I will. I will supply lights. I'll, t- I'll cast dancing lights within the uh, the door, so that. Wolves don't see it outside. Do we? You're the only one who doesn't have the ability to see in the dark, aren't you? I have 120 feet of dark vision. Oh, we don't need any lights, much. actually. We're good. Yeah, that's well, part of my shadow shit. Light is helpful because you can only see shades of gray with dark vision. I can't even see shades Oof, of gray, but I can still do it. <laughs> um, so yeah. my suggestion would be uh, either we fire the eye up, we hang out outside for a little while, um, and kind of make noise or whatever to get wolves to go away, uh, or we send Niantai in first. They might come to us if we make noise. I we think. should make a decision one way or the let's other get no- so we stop farting. Yeah, either one of these two is good. But let's my goal is to get people inside so they can assist with the rope thing, and then right. we should get inside where we can get roped. The options are you either start descending into the tower or you send the eye in first. Kaylee, eye or slide? Slide. Slide. Luna or Andrew, Slide. Slide. I think the eye is too valuable a resource to right. use. Slide. Slide it is. Decision's made. So right. um, me and Niantai will go first. All right, um, and you guys can climb without making checks. Is yep. that what I'm understanding yep. correctly? So I'll go shield. 
And I'll take the dodge action as I descend. Okay. Um, what you discover about this slide? Uh, first of all, give me a perception check. And you're you're wait wait you're going in without dark vision, right? I have uh, blind sight ten feet. Okay. Um, then don't give me a perception check. What you discover about the slide as you start to slide down it is it's not a direct slide into the next room. It actually, um, if you are entering here and the slide goes down like this, it actually hairpins. Is it like a plinko machine comes around. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a like a cutback or switchback. Um, so you go about, you know, seven, eight feet down, and then you have to, like, lower yourself onto the next part of the slide and come around and down. So climbing back out would be a real hassle because you can't just rope back up to the top. It, exactly. Um, it's doable, but it's going to be a challenge for people that aren't as gifted in climbing <coughs> as you are. Um, you and Niantai can get down to the base <coughs> part of the, uh, the, the slide uh, without a roll. Uh, everybody else is going to require an um, a athletics check. Uh, which you can make with advantage if you're using climbing gear, which all of you are. So you can make it, everybody can make it with advantage. And it will be down at the bottom to like check for threats and catch you if you fall. Mm. Would acrobatics be acceptable alternative? Um, That's so amazing. I will allow acrobatics without the advantage if you think that's better for you. What'd you get? Mm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. You want to know what the other one was? One. Nice. The big one. Uh, I was just checking my spider climb, but it's specifically for vertical surfaces, so I don't think it would. I would allow it to work here. Okay. Just stick to the walls. Yeah. 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 You can spider climb if you want, and then you can make this without a roll. Yeah. Uh, can I get a look down to see how far the fall is first? Um, yeah, it's it's about 10 feet. It would be a D6 worth of damage. Okay, so not too bad. Then I will it's a D6 eat. worth of fall. So I think... Uh, the odds are in my favor then if I uh, use the rope with advantage and do athletics at minus oh, one right. to each of my rolls. Because two dice is better than one. Yeah, so that'll be 15. 15? Alright. Uh, Sai? 19. 19. Uh, Mikati, you are unable to keep your footing on the way down the path and you end up sliding on your face and taking five points of bludgeoning damage as yeah. you fall ungracefully to the bottom of the the shoot. Honestly, if you've ever been on a water slide at any water park ever, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now that everybody is inside, even those with dark vision, um, I would like a round of perception rolls from everybody. Ooh. Ooh, hey. I stink, but nine times got an 18. <laughs> uh, 19. 20. 20? 15. 15? 16. Alright, good. You can all catch this, including you with my eyes. So. Catch these hands. The slippery tunnel opens into an upside-down room, the contents of which are coated in frost. Across from the tunnel is a wooden door that's flush with the ceiling, which used to be the floor. The door is ajar, and flanking it are two identical stone statues that hang down like stalactites. Across from the statues are sconces with upside-down flames burning in them. You're apparently standing on the ceiling of this room. It, like, is gravity, like, normal, or, like, is stuff... Whoa? Gravity appears to be normal. It just appears that this whole room is upside down. Okay. Is the fire, like, burning, like, you know how, like... It is, it looks, it's shaped normally, but it's just burning from the ceiling yeah. down yeah. into the room gotcha. instead of gotcha. from the ground. Uh, that's freaky. I want to grab a handful of, like, dust or rubble or whatever from the ground, and mm -hmm. I'm just gonna cast it into the room to just see if it changes direction, if it goes the way we expect that's it to exactly go. Uh, it behaves as you would expect it to do. You throw it into the air, it goes for falls a certain distance, and then falls onto the floor, which is, you know, clearly the, was the ceiling at one point. What's the height of this? Uh, it is ten feet. That would be good on my shoulders. Oh, sorry, wrong character. He's <laughs> dead. Oh, <laughs> uh, the room is it, the room is ten feet between floor and ceiling. I, I do have to say the um, the tunnel that you just slid down was a five foot diameter tunnel. So. All right. Well, it's a room with two statues and a door. Trap person should probably uh, I'll trap it up. I'll begin inspecting, moving my dancing lights around to get a better view of everything. Um, you have detect magic fired up, of course, because of course. you're Zeppelin. Actually, yeah. So that's what I have going instead of instead of dancing lights. Okay, because um, it's more useful. Detect magic will give you illusion magic from the two sconces. These flames are continual flame spells. It appears. Actually, Brian, those <laughs> are evocation spells. I'm gonna get a beer. <laughs> Give me a wine glass while you're out there. I, I'm, I'm not coming back. <laughs> uh, so, 18 for investigation of the room. 
Alright, uh, no traps on this door or elsewhere in this room. Okay, and other than the illusion, apart from the illusion magic, that's it. Yep. I mean, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, and how many entrances, I mean, uh, exits from this place are there? There is one door that is directly across the tunnel from the tunnel that you slid down. And nothing unusual about that door with the check? Nope. Okay. Doesn't appear to be. It's just a, uh, a standard wooden door. It's also upside down, I imagine, right? Yes, um, that is the other aspect of it, is because you are technically standing on the ceiling of this room, you have to sort of you know, either climb up and open the door and push it open and then climb over the top of the door to get to it. Uh, but it's flush with the ceiling and not with the floor. So there's there's going to be a little bit of awkward maneuvering to get around it. I guess I should be the one opening the door because I can do it without having to get weird. Same seas. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you can just climb on I can just climb ceiling, on to, well, I can just climb onto the ceiling. Yes, you can. Just... Same, yeah. Um, I, yeah op- I can do that too. Open it carefully Thank into you. the side. And Zeb will just... Um, <laughs> She will have her... Oh, I can... Wait, I can do the, the laser pistol thing here. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's probably oh. super fucking loud in here. Just a... <laughs> uh, yeah, are they loud? They are loud. They do make a sound. Then I'll use my bow. Yeah. We all uh, played Goldeneye. We know how loud they are. Did we, <laughs> yeah. And did we keep the items that we paid for? I think you yes. bought them, yes. Yep. All right, cool. I think you sold your funny hat, but... Uh, yes, bought them again. Um, That's fine. I'll be fashionable in other ways. So, <laughs> cool. Um, then I'll just take a ready action to shoot at any... Assailant that attacks our door openers here. All right, um, shoving the door open awkwardly from the ceiling, uh, you find that it opens into a corridor. There are doors on either side, and what looks like uh, a stairwell used to be on the end of the hallway, opposite from where you're entering it from. However, it's choked with rubble um, and is impassable. Uh, even with spider climb, you won't be able to get through that way. But there are doors on your left and your right as you enter this hallway. Okay. You hear and see nothing. Yeah. I will inspect them, both right. of the doors. Is that two rolls, or do you want me to make one? You can just make one. All right, 27. Uh, no traps. The hallway one. and doors. Hallways, doors, none trapped. Cool. Both are clear. I whisper. Uh, if it happens to come into play, mm-hmm. my stupid feat is a passive investigation of 15. So okay. if I'm going into the party and I forget to check doors or whatever, that's where we're at. Okay, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Love that feat. So you have a door to the left or to the right. Which one would you like to uh, investigate? Or pick one or take the other. Uh, left. I take right. Okay. At the uh, same time. At the same time. Just like, oh, crazy. Yeah. We, might, we might be pincered in that event. That's fine. Um, Una. Yeah. I'll, I'll ready action on Una's side then. <laughs> you open the door to what, um, what appears maybe was a workshop. This room contains shattered and jumbled equipment, much of it near two heavy wooden work tables, one on its side, the other upside down. Um, Kuspilad. Yes. Uh, you open a door and you are uh, assailed immediately by a, a smell in the air that you are familiar with. Um, it is a distinctly like magical odor. Um, damn it, Sai. <laughs> I told you to stop eating magic mushrooms. Um, but like it's you would equate it with uh, popping open a fresh potion bottle. It smells like that. Oh. Um, the floor of this room is covered with shards of glass, frozen pools of spilled fluids, and the wreckage of two cabinets. In a niche of the far corner of the room, a metal chest is bolted to the ceiling. Its lid is locked. Is this, is everything still upside down? Everything is still upside down. Okay, just want to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, but the upside downing does seem to have pitched some things. Some things probably weren't as anchored as others. Maybe like the heavy stuff stayed at the ceiling and the not-so-heavy stuff fell on the floor. Well, one of the workbenches was toppled and one of yeah. them is still pinned. Well, they're both on what you would view as the floor. You're on the ceiling because yeah. you're spider climbing, but like it appears that they have both like fallen. One ended up on its side, the other one ended up upside down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, maybe It's upside stuff... down in the upside down room. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh. The larger fixture stayed in place, but the whole tower <laughs> may have literally turned like, like this. <sighs> yeah. And so all the like potion bottles got flung off of the cabinets from the rotation, not so much from the gravity. Yeah. Kind of what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my read anyway. Um, we experienced a mimic once upon a time in, um, I think it was Sunlight Citadel. Mm. We were scouting that out. You so did. I'm just going to um, take the bow up. I'm going to stand in the mouth of the doorway. I'm going to fire an arrow at the chest and just see if it reacts in any way. Okay, make an attack roll. Uh, 23. You hit the chest and it uh, clanks off the side of the chest in a very, you know, this is not a, not mimic, a mimic kind, kind of, of way. way. Yeah, it doesn't bleed. Okay. Yep. Or scream. It doesn't bleed, so you can't kill it. Oh, okay. <laughs> First, are we just going to shoot every chest we see from now on? Yes. In places that are upside down and magical, yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Not the titty chest. <laughs> Not the tickle bitties. <laughs> uh, but I will 
you know, kind of wave you guys over and say, there's a chest in this room at the far side. I don't see any occupants. No doors, right? Uh, no. However, you do see a hole in the floor um, that looks like it proceeds further down. down. The floor ceiling. Yes. Um, and also, I should have mentioned, uh, Una, in your room, aside from these two tables that you saw toppled over on the floor, there's also a door um, as you enter the room to your right. Okay. So I say we uh, check the chest first and then go through the door on Una's side. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, what's, see what's in there. I would... Loot. This, that's the room with the hole? Yeah. But wait, isn't, is the chest on the ceiling? Yes. Like, yeah. So how are we going to... Like, it's ten feet up. Yes, it is. It. Perhaps we should save the whole room for later. We've got chest and hole in the same room. Oh, I, I, thought, I was talking about, your, talking about your room first. <laughs> no, I want to I check the chest first, and then we'll go through the doors as it seems okay, it's intended. Gotcha. Um, right. So yeah, I could just go get it. I mean, if we're worried about that, I was going to call in Zev, because Zev... Let me, check the chest. Yes, let me just check the chest. Okay. Uh, and she will climb up there however she can. And how is how is that happening? Uh... Well, I can use my climber's kit. Okay. Does a mammogram. <laughs> um, all right, so make a uh, make a tool check. I guess you're familiar, you're uh, proficient in climbing, right? I don't think you are. No, I'm. I can I can be quick about it. If you can do athletics, I can give you the assist and try and help you up there. But worst case scenario, I can just pop the top myself and see if I get trapped. Um, well, does Tech Magic uh, put any, uh, have anything in this room? Uh, let's see. There are more of these sconces, which are apparently radiating evocation yes. magic. <laughs> Oh, my God, I have a stupid answer. Here, take this spoon. Now fly up there and go look at it. Yeah, it doesn't require attunement, so yeah, you could do that. Thank you, Goose. It does require attunement, but I can tell it to do something, and it will do it for up to one hour and then return. Okay. So I tell it, go up there for like a minute. Oh, man, problem circumvented. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that works. In that case, yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Where's the chest? 